Fuck you, Dylan. I'm John Hotbody Hastings, and he's... Ooh, I'm Dylan. Cold Tongue Got. No, rock hard. No. Dicky, big dicky with a big wiener. He's Dylan. I boiled that pasta too much, and now I have to throw it out, Got. Yeah, you have to boil a pasta just enough that you can fucking shove it in your fucking asshole. Put your We're talking about shit rope in my mouth. I eat shit. This is Dylan's song he wrote about his favorite meal. It's human shit. Speaking of shit, let's talk about the wrestling of 1994. <laughs> this is when it gets good. What do you do? When your uh, your your main man's gone, your Hollywood Hulk Hogan is gone. Do you settle for the fact that your champion's a pretty good wrestler? No. Sorry, a very good in-ring wrestler with okay promos. And you know what? People like him. They they might not they might not you know flock to see him. But whatever. At least he's moving the gates a bit. No, I don't and do uh, no, you don't. No, you what you do? You fucking get a seven foot guy who likes to fuck cheerleaders and their fucking assholes, and then you give him that goddamn belt, baby. Goddamn fucking right, Dylan. Finally, you're making some fucking sense. Get me Kevin Nash. Get him some Cialis that I, for some reason, have invented in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Get the man who invented Viagra, but for chicks, Kevin Nash. <laughs> yeah, it makes their pussies hard and dry. Ooh, yeah. Sucky, sucky, suck, suck, suck. I like it to feel like my cock's working in a quarry. Are you serious? I am. That's my Kevin Nash. <laughs> but mind you, you watch this and you think Kevin Nash was cool, but then in the tradition of the WWF, they took away everything that made him cool and just made him tall Hulk Hogan with leather pants. I mean, yeah, you're really jumping ahead. Like, you know, the time of Diesel coming into promise is the very end of the year. Yes. Oh, cool. But yeah, I mean, uh, this is going to be a free-flowing discussion. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like teamwork, team-building exercises in HR, you know. So it's going to be free-flowing. You know how you and I do with teamwork? Catch me. No. Fall, <laughs> fall on ground. Make fun of each other for a long time. Accuse each other of horrendous things. Then ha- then then spend too much time talking before the podcast about Toronto comedy gossip. <laughs> Toronto comedy gossip. The only gossip that's always happening, even though the people who you're gossiping about should be married with kids <laughs> and have some savings, but they don't and they never will. They live on the same six streets and they pay so much in rent, they should just move. I want you to know that Dylan has changed a lot. He's become more mature, more... Inter- more mature. More introspective. More passionate. Oh, yeah. More passionate lover, according to his wife and the tapes I watch. Mm. One thing that Dylan has always really been angry about, like any old man, is the cost of rent. No matter his age, Dylan has always lived in very weird, unnecessarily out-of-the-way neighborhoods. And then we'll be like, yeah, but how much are you paying in rent? And then I would... Yeah. <laughs> I live in a fridge box, 20 bucks a month. What are you doing? I remember that my rent was almost the same as his, and I was in walking. I was in a great, cool part of Toronto at the end of an annoying streetcar ride, and I could... <laughs> oh, I had so much space, and I didn't live with any fucking hippies, John. I didn't have... I've never lived with one guy... No, I have lived with a hippie. Yeah. It was disgusting. You lived, with, you lived with a hippie, and you lived with Bobby Mayer, who lives... He lives like hippies had been there, and now he's living in their muck. I'm living in. <laughs> I'm, Dylan, I'm 
living in their muck, Dylan. Dylan, I'm living in their muck. He's a man who lives, it's like you tore down a tent city and then he just was like, ooh, they got pillows here. And then he just made a house. A pile of material. Quickly. Quickly, let's live here. John, go ahead. Here's my opinion about 1994. It's the greatest year in professional <laughs> wrestling history. So, 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 But there are some things that happen that are fantastic. Let's talk about 1994, the year in pro wrestling. We start in January. The one, two, three kid and Marty Jannetty, yes, team champions, beating the Quebecers. By the way, this is the the man who wishes he was Jerry Lawler and the man who. Um, basically had a drug contest with China and she lost the two most problematic tag champions, maybe unless as you meant, unless Ted Bundy and Jerry Lawler were tag team champions, this is going to be pretty hard to be like two guys who hit lower points. I guarantee that in the back, they just had a, who has a weirder excuse for where someone else's wallet is contest with the one, two, three kid and Marty Jannetty. Like Marty Jannetty once was asked like, Hey, I had 20 bucks right here. Someone took it and Marty was like, yeah, you know, sometimes money disappears, though, because it goes. So, OK, here's the weird, here's a weird thing, though. January, uh, Meltzer basically writes that they had a 20 percent dip in gates uh, from 92 to 93. And this is the crazy part is that here's how, you know, they re- reduced house shows from 550 to just under 400. W- horrible. Like they, that's them. That's them being like, "Wow, we really had to cut back. Now our guys are only gonna die at fifty instead of forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really need to ratchet it back up to forty-five. I guarantee Steve Lombardi was in the back, being like, "Oh, you guys are a bunch of losers. None of you guys have shit your pants because all you've eaten is sleeping pills for eight days. You bunch of losers." <laughs> and then the one two one two three kid was just like, "Ah." Here's where you're wrong. I've been taking nothing but Dilaudid, and now I've got abs. Also, I don't know where my dick is. And then he just... <laughs> like, this is also the thing of... They they sort of ramp down their schedule in a way, but they also ramp down their schedule and then bring in... Like, it's this weird time of, okay, because there's a lack of steroid use, then they're not going to the gym and burning off the cocaine and pills. They're just they're going to the gym, but they just can't get that much of a pump on. So they're just fucking maniacs. Like this is this is full on like Scott Hall being like, Oh, one time me, Shawn Michaels, and Scott and Kevin Nash, we all took um thirty-three somas each, and there was one left over, and so Scott took it, and that's why he was more fucked up than us, because he had taken thirty-four and we'd only taken thirty-three somas. And it's just like <laughs> you took thirty-three surgical pain pills and you're like, that guy's a pussy. Okay, and then what happened? It's like, oh, and then we went to the ring. That was before the matches. Yeah. This is the fun thing about wrestlers, is the way that wrestlers party is essentially you have a couple beers, then you attempt suicide every night. It's basically like if cops, were, how cops were like in the seventies, is how wrestlers are in the in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have a couple of beers before you go to work. That way, you're relaxed for when you kill your friend. <laughs> that way, you can see if anyone's gonna stab you in the fucking back. Yeah, man, what am I gonna fucking do? Drink water? I'm not a fucking dog. You call me a dog? My dog drinks beer. <laughs> I don't have no fucking pussy ass dog. My dog smokes cigarettes and drinks beers. Yeah. The R- Royal Roombal, as I, I believe it's properly pronounced, good one, Dylan, was down two hundred thousand basically from nineteen ninety one. The high buy rate for the Rumble is four hundred forty thousand. Then ninety two, 
Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm fucking up here. They they had 1993 had 300,000 people by the Royal Rumble. 1994 has 200,000 by the Royal Rumble. And if you're at home and you're thinking, what does that mean? That means bad. Yeah. That's a 50% drop. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Three big, there's four big moments on this pay-per-view. Uh, Brett and Owen set up their match for WrestleMania 10, culminating in the interview where oh, yeah. Owen says, Brett, I kicked your leg off your leg. Phenomenal. Uh, Undertaker, Yokozuna have a match where 47 different bad guys come oh, in. And yes, this is the greatest match. This is the greatest match in history, and then it gets hit with lightning bolt, and then you see Undertaker's eyes opening, and you're like, oh, fuck. And then he takes a while to come back because even though his eyes are open, it's he still needs some time. <laughs> yeah, because he's having he, this. Is, by the way, shows this is the real beginning of the Undertaker being Vince McMahon's favorite toy, because the Undertaker has a son and he's allowed to go spend time with his son, as opposed that's to that's true. Any other wrestler, he, he would be like, I want to go spend time with the son, and then Vince would be like, What are those? What what is time work? <laughs> I want to work with your how old you? Her tiny. There you go. How do you think we came up with the character Rocco for the Legion of Doom? Animal had a kid, so we just made him into a pu- yeah. a toy, like in fucking Peter Pan. Don't, I want to warn you. <laughs> Here's one thing. They do a finish where Luger and Bret Hart both eliminated at the same time. They do it pretty perfectly. And baby girl, baby girl, baby girl, does Bret Hart get cheered more so he wins the title at WrestleMania. That's apparently what happened is it was pretty clean cut because Luger the one thing about this I will say is that Bret Hart drew well in Europe apparently although we're going over this year we'll talk about some European tours that apparently didn't do that well but Bret Hart was at least a one of a kind Bret Hart and Lex Luger was so clearly like Hulk Hogan just worse that it's better to have at least if the thing is okay to good at least it's one of a kind rather than oh you're just trying to do what hulk hogan does but you're just like a guy in america pants who doesn't want to be here essentially lex luger was just a clown at a birthday party who decided it's his last shift he's going to be a clown yeah undertaker uh, undertaker pardon me lex luger is very interesting because there's the rumor that lex luger was bragging in a bar and that's why he didn't get the title now i don't believe that because that rumor's also been levied at ted dibiase so i feel like that's just nwa conjecture the other thing that is, I think, very important about the Royal Rumble that's overlooked, besides Lex Luger being really awkward at the end of it and clearly knowing that he's not going to he's not going to be the sole winner because his body language as soon as they come back in the ring is so defeated. Like it's like the thing big thing with Lex Luger is one of the worst actors, one of the best looking wrestlers, one of the fucking worst actors in all of wrestling. Like, I don't like you. Like so bad. Diesel Basically, 94 sets up a template of a lot of things. One being, all right, we'll put this belt on the fan, the person the fans like, but let's make sure not to give him any opportunity for him to look good. Two, get me a big tall guy and have him look dominant in the Royal Rumble, and that will be my champion. And that's what they do with Diesel. Diesel is the first person to clear the ring for a long time at the Royal Rumble, uh, making him look like a big daddy, big boy, big, big, big. <laughs> He's a big dick daddy cool in this match. He gets seven eliminations. It takes four men to eliminate him. Whereas I think, as as and this is a funny thing, that Kevin Nash says this. He's like, I came to Vince with the idea basically of like, 
I just beat the fucking shit out of people and I don't really change my character from heel to babyface. And I was basically like, you know, the Punisher? And Vince was like, what did you just call me? And then that's how that ended. You mean my penis. Yeah, you're not going to refuse all that money, of course. If you want to be the top guy, you want to be the top guy. Bam Bam Bigelow apparently lasts an hour, gets five eliminations. And um, this is weird because they really like Bam Bam. They just never really went all the way with him. This is, of course, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks. But Bam Bam is currying some favor in the back. But also this 1994, as we go over, it really is the rise of the click. It very much is. It's the click positioning themselves to be very exciting. Here's a couple of quick thoughts on the click as we get into it. Any group of friends that give themselves a name, fuck you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is weird to be like, (laughs) you imagine if we just started hanging out like, uh, hey, John, hey, Dylan. Ah, ah, ah. We're the booty-like boys because we like booties. uh, How dare you? We're the turkey gang. Um, No, you're not. You're two men in your 30s. (laughs) That's one of the prerequisites of the turkey. Once again, once again, once again, once again. We should mention this. It is 1994. I'm just going to look up how old Kevin Nash is when they call themselves the Click. He is 35 years old. No, he is 36 years old when he's nicknaming. If you're middle-aged and giving your group a nickname, <laughs> that's fucking weird. I mean, I hate you. I'll hate you. For- yeah, it is. People die at 70 all the time. No. no one likes... Everyone's like, I'm middle-aged. I'm 50. You're not living to 100. You're a fat loser. You got 30 years left. Maximum be maximum, baby. Still speaking to himself in the mirror. I'm hot. I'm healthy. I'm ready to kiss. I will be left to fucking 85. So 42 is my middle All right, you little prick. I'm going to host a podcast called You're Middle-Aged, where I just talk to people who are 36, and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I still got a bit left in the tank. And I'm like, no, you don't. You're almost dead. And then that's it. It'll be seven minutes long. It'll only be to comedians. If Dylan does, and if Dylan books that himself, Dylan will book all the people that he's friends with, which means you're going to hear some real delusional losers and Nigel. But like, you're going to hear. Some- <laughs> Nigel's not middle aged. Nigel, Nigel Grinstead, very funny comedian. He is 27. He's not middle aged yet. He's not 27. He's de- he is definitely older than 27. 27. He might be. Younger, no, he's twenty-seven. He uh, he might be middle-aged based on his smoking and yeah. dr- drinking, I, but I yeah. Would say if anyone's middle-aged, Nigel Grinstead, very funny comedian. Nigel, just want to say this: you're a cum baby, and I want to lick you. Um, <laughs> he is not listening to this. He is the least. Although he does watch video games. If you make fun of wrestling and you watch video gamers stream, I mean, check yourself, wreck yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Does that mean anything? Yeah. No. As someone who does both for different reasons. <laughs> Okay, what's the reason for the video game stream? Oh, do you watch the Pornhub ones? No. <laughs> I watch the Red Tube ones. What's the video game you're streaming? Hitler wins the yeah. game. Oh no, Red Tube. Play Tetris, but make sure your top is translucent. Ooh, Tetris with only broken dicks. You, you hear the dicks break. I'm tell you the jailing I've been doing during the lockdown has taken some weird twists and turns. There was a full week where I was porn stars blogs that are posted on Red Tube. <laughs> They're just, okay. They're just topless talking about their day, and I have no idea why I was in Because <laughs> you, you got to the point where you've been alone so long, you want personal relationships <laughs> with a screen. That's literally what it was. It was like, I don't want to fucking come to sex. I want to come to someone just being like, this donut store wasn't that good. Oh. <laughs> I've been ordering a lot of takeout, which I shouldn't because it's COVID. Ooh, tell me, no, tell me more, huh. topless lady. Do you go sauce on side? Because I go sauce on side. <laughs> 
So this is basically Vince doesn't Vince is now out of the Lex Luger game. He's building uh Dissel, as I call oh, him. Do you is that what you call him? I call him Dissel. Bam Bam gets the look at how long this guy fucking lasted spot. And they basically make up, of course, that Yokozuna has taken out the Undertaker with the help of a ton of people, but nonetheless, he's taken out the Undertaker. He's going to WrestleMania and he is going to wrestle Lex Luger. And Bret Hart, both of them are going to get a uh, shot at the uh, the title. And if one wins, of course, they take the title into the final match. We all know what happens at WrestleMania. Bret faces Owen. Beautiful, beautiful match. They suck each other off. They do suck each other off, which is the weirdest part. And it's weird they haven't edited that out of the network broadcast. Because they've Hmm. edited out the weird... Also, they haven't edited... The thing about WrestleMania 10, I really... Is the fact that for no reason they have a Bill Clinton impersonator there. Well, look who's here! Yes. (laughs) So fucking weird. Like it's Vince is really desperate in 1994 because they are rocketing, rocketing towards the steroid trial. Hulk Hogan. They are taking huge hits down. They have less charismatic champions than they've ever had before. Hulk Hogan. They have not. They don't have a committed. They don't have a committed face for the first time. Hulk Hogan is openly negotiating with WCW at this point. They know where he's going now. They have retconned it to say. Oh, no, Vince let him go. I don't believe that. Vince would have stayed with Hulk Hogan until Hulk Hogan was found screaming. (laughs) Yeah, if Hulk Hogan wanted to, he would have beat Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1996 for an entire year just so he never got over. Not even with the leg drop or the big boot. Yeah, he'd he'd punch him too hard in the arm and and Austin would be unconscious. And is a great indication of that in that... It doesn't have the glitz and the glamour of the other venues. It's really downsized in terms of appeal. It is really weirdly booked in that you have some great matches that like have really been considered classic, but at the same time, none of them are WWF style. The um, the opening match is one of the best matches ever. The ladder match is overhyped and not nearly as good as anyone remembers because Shawn Michaels is on. But the ladder match was good because... Oh, defense... Defend your best friend, Shawn Michaels. Go ahead, Dylan. You love Michael Hickenbottom because you love his views. Um, so Mikey Hick, I think it was a good match because it was way more of a time by which I mean, how would you describe it as far as like you, this match was shockingly uh, violent at that time. You can't go back and watch it and it has the same effect. It's one of those things. It's much like saying, damn, and gone with the wind. You can't watch that again and it'll have the same effect at all. But at the time, very, very effective versus the Brett and Owen match where you could watch that now and they do such a great build to basically any of the moves they use and have such a great story in the match that it works just as well now. Like in that Brett-Owen match, Owen hits him with a fucking German suplex and Brett takes that motherfucker all on his shoulders. It's a perfect German suplex and the crowd is like, what the fuck? And then Owen, and then he kicks out and they're like, what the fuck? And then Owen does a tombstone to Brett later in the match and the crowd is like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. They had two moves. Yeah. 
he's barely put him in a headlock. Even the way that it ends with like a move you would never really seen, pulling out all the stops. The, the, the well, that's the cool thing about the story is too is he it, the way it ends. Brett tries to pin Owen like that earlier in the match, and Owen kicks out of it and gets out of it pretty easily. And Owen pins him with the same move later in the match. So it's really. It's it's one of those great because it is a definitive win, but it's not because he's not out or anything. He just is like I I can't believe I fucking lost, and he it's and he Owen clearly injures him for the main event as well. So it's this weird thing where Owen's put over and Brett gets to go over because Yoko hasn't incurred that much damage from Lex Luger, but. Brett ha- is fucking hobbled. And the greatest thing about his entrance on, in WrestleMania 10 is Brett doesn't have glasses on. He doesn't wear his jacket. He just comes out beat up in his gear, sweating. Like, it's like the guy's fucked up. And it's I great. I guarantee that Vince hated every moment of it. Because it's also weird as Vince is on commentary. You can see the weird thing of he- Vince is trying to That's control true. it. Because Vince is on commentary. Like, he- the things he focuses on to improve. And the fact that they have not done something about their woeful fucking commentary. The fucking soundtrack to their product for however many years is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Well, Vince is producing all of them. But he's doing a bad job. That's the, the thing that no one talks about now is he's doing a bad job and he did a bad job on... Co- he didn't know any of the moves. He didn't fucking sell... And bear in mind, JR is fired at this point. Jim Ross doesn't have a job at that company. Because yep. bear in mind, the coming years is the reason the WWF doesn't close. I don't care what anyone says. Jim Ross is the architect of the Attitude Era. He is the guy that takes the ball and he fucking runs with it. Because all of the important guys in the Attitude Era, minus the fucking Rock and Triple H, are Jim Ross guys. And I would say the more important guys being Austin and McFoley, the guy who gets opponents ready and the fucking most merch sales ever. Fuck you, Honky Tonk Man. All down to Jim Ross. 94 is a low point. Vince is facing a trial. What does Vince do? He puts himself on television more and diminishes his product further. Go ahead, Dylan. I'm very angry. It was only down 420,000 down from 430 the previous year. But I honestly think that part of that was that it was WrestleMania 10 and people were probably watching it going, what are they going to pull out of their hat? I'll tell you what they pull out of their hat. Burt Reynolds and Jenny Garth. Jenny Garth did not want to do... She was a Kelly from 90210. She did not want to do a uh, sketch they proposed to her because she thought it was in bad taste. I can only imagine that that, test, <laughs> that sketch was Vince said, how about you sit on a chair and then I aggressively lick it for three hours? How about... Marty Jannetty to your hotel room. Absolutely. I'm not even staying in New York. I have a... I hate you. Also, Roddy Piper shows up wearing a jeans and a kilt, which always bothered me. And... (laughs) Yeah, that's bad. Bugged the shit out of me. Kurt Henning makes another classic return wearing a full zebra onesie that makes it look like he was just in a sauna that was also jail. Yeah. This is the thing people forget is Kurt Henning fucks the Lex Luger out of the title. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is... Dylan's shitting, by the way, during this. That's why he's taking all those weird pauses. He keeps going, uh, it's shitting. Dylan's shitting. Right <laughs> they keep using people that are, are on commentary, and that always had a really weird message for me, which is like, I always thought, and, and obviously the WWE is conditioned for this, is that you're on commentary because you're retired, and then it's like this guy can just come off commentary and beat up the guy who, like, 
as of six months ago, was slamming Tub Tub Yoko, <laughs> and I thought was supposed to be the president who was in real danger to become president of the United States. Um, I absolutely agree. I think also the Kurt Henning one was weird in that Roddy Piper's a legend, and it's like they needed, they should have, it's weird, but like, should have put Snuka in that role. They should have put another legend from the first WrestleMania in that position as guest referee that's not Mr. Perfect. Of a well, no, because they spun it off into a feud with Perfect, and I'm just saying they shouldn't have had him on on uh, commentary. You still have him as like an actual wrestler but in the company. The just, thing was he wasn't wrestling at that time. This was his comeback because he had uh, cashed it on the Lloyds of London thing, and then he was oh, on the yeah. now. Yeah. So, like I said, though, you're it's a weird thing to put Mr. Perfect at the top of your card when, I don't know, I just never saw him that way as a kid. But anyway, they had a fan fest, which uh, was a precursor, of course, to WWE access. And really, even in these dark times of 1994 for them, they are basically building the foundation of what will become a great event for them and something that they can really still use to this day, which is, yes, we might only have 10,000 people who want to watch this thing instead of 20,000, but now we just take $40 from them instead of taking $20 from the 20,000. Like, that's... Which is... You're working on the Star Trek model for the 9 millionth time, but... Whatever, we're just two dorks with a fucking podcast. We're not Vince McMahon, who's probably got a... Who somehow has overthrown a small government and no one knows about yeah, it. Yeah, also our dicks are bigger than Vince's. Now, it's very important to remember that after WrestleMania, they go on a European tour, which Bret Hart talks about being uh, where he had the most success. Success. Uh, they drew well in Germany, but the English crowds did not like it. The 29th of April or 29th of March show in London drew only 3,000 people, and they countered that by on yep. April 4th in Utica, New York. They debuted the King's Court, where Jerry Lawler is now the judge, and they have a yeah. Lex Luger, um, Mr. Perfect segment, and a Lunder Blaze regarding Lena Vachon segment. Uh, this entire program is notable for be a bothersome sex pest for everyone involved. Oh yeah, he got off, and then he got off. You know what he I mean? He got off, and then Boom. he got on television. Pedophile. Um, Monday Night Raw uh, earns a 3.3 rating going head-to-head with the NCAA basketball finals. This is the second most-watched college basketball match at history. I mean, they would have loved to have a 3.3 at this point. Diesel becomes the uh, IC champion against Razor Ramon. And now we are really rocketing towards the click taking control of the company. Now, there's a couple of things I just want to address about this, and then we will move on to the wrestling that is in 1994. And we've said it before, and we'll say it again. The Click are a bunch of losers, and they're all fucking bum-bums, and I hate them. You're all bum-bums. That's strong language. You, you want me to edit that I out? I do not want you to edit it out. I'm willing to take the lawsuit I assume that is coming. Ooh. Uh, not very well-known idiot comedian John Hastings says bum-bums. Should we kill him? Answer, yes. They're stinky bums with doo-doo in their trousers. Ooh, like you said, very prescient point. If you're in your mid-30s, you you should have a family started, not nicknaming your friends. And by the way, two of them had a family started, and if you're nicknaming your friends and not nicknaming your kids, you should go straight to jail. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what my kid's birthday is, but this is the Alpha Riders. Yeah, my kid's name is Tristan because I thought it was going to be a girl, and I'd already filled out most of the birth certificate. (laughs) <laughs> the head shrinkers still not a good name to say beat the quebecers this is so fun because they 
They gave up on Ludwig Borga at the uh, Rumble, I believe. But the fun thing about this is they have run out. This is my favorite era of wrestling because they've run out of um, countries to demonize. So they're down to like parts of countries, maybe. They can't go with like the straight up Frenchmen. They have to be like the Quebecers. And then most people in the States are like, what's Quebec? And they're like, oh, it's a part of Canada that they speak French. Wait a minute. Do you mean like the champion? He's Canadian. No, that's a different part of Canada. Wait a minute. So why is that one good and that one bad? One of them's French, one of them's English. No, 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 no. Dylan, you're confusing me. One of them's French, one of them's English. I guarantee that. Oh, yeah. One of them's cowboys, one of them's French people. Yeah. Cowboy good. French people French bad. People and, bad. Like, I... and the head shrinkers are uh, bad because they all shrink your fucking head. Woo! Good lordy morty. They went to uh, Japan and it fucking sucked. Apparently, they claim to have 8,000 people. And it's estimated they had 4,000. And Vince wrestled a Japanese style. It did not work. Cool. That's it. This is also what Bret Hart hangs his hat on. It's like, we went to Germany, and we went to all these places, and I fucking sold out, and it was the most YOLO shit of all time. When in reality, he was like, I sold out, by which I mean my values, because I cheated on my <laughs> wife. Uh, that's what I mean. Exactly. I was about to be like, what he's talking about is he got to like that. <laughs> and that was really good, because I drew about two chicks to my bedroom every night. <laughs> I still put one of them in the sharpshooter, by the way. I don't like <laughs> So you can't turn it over, can you? That's how you work a headlock. Can we have sex? No, <laughs> yeah. this is sex to me. Um, Brett, you're talking to yourself in a mirror. Yeah, I still ask myself, man. All right, I'm gonna, she's going to throw me sternum first into the TV <laughs> in the hotel, and then that's, that's sex to me. <laughs> I just want to let you know at some point I'm going to remember what my dad did and start crying. Now throw me sternum first. That's what he, that's his fucking famous bump, sternum first. I, know it is. I think of the of the bumps that people take, uh he had the best one. The flare over the ropes was dumb. So was the Michaels one. Both dumb. Sternum first, baby. Alright, let's get into it. <laughs> what the what are we getting into? We're getting into the break, because I have to go help an Italian move a sofa. Oh no. Alright, well we're gonna break and you guys are gonna break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> That's our official sponsor. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the rest of you do is brought to you as always by Semenex. That's Semenex. Oh yes. Semenex. Yeah. Do your loads sound like this? They shouldn't. <laughs> by the way, we're we're gonna we're gonna f- f- at some point, try and get the Holy Trinity on here. That's Manscaped, <laughs> and then that uh, Blue Chew and Semenex, where it's like, shave your balls, get hard, blow a huge I mean, one. I will not. I don't respect Jim Cornette. I think him and his wife are inappropriate. I mean, the the time he said that everyone who listens to his show has hard dicks is one of the craziest things I've ever listened. To. <laughs> yeah, just just a bunch of his audience, because Jim Cornette's fans are also like old men with bad diets yeah. it's like they're all have erectile dysfunction problems and they're like i mean that part i just talk about the midnight express jim please stop this the doctor said i could get an erection if i stopped putting ranch in my urethra but if i can't <laughs> if i can't use that for dipping i don't think i would apparently Putting ranch dressing on Cheetos is excessive. Well, I think it's not. What you're telling me is that I sure, yeah, I could, I'll I'll run, but then what happens when my clothes get wet from all of the the not sitting? <laughs> <laughs> what happens when my body starts small coming? 
You mean sweat? I call it small cum. That's gonna be what we break on, so fuck off. Fuck me on a bed of roses, but don't fucking... But remove the thorns. Bye-bye. lay me down in a bed of roses Think I knew the words to a John Bon Jovi song But I do Fuck you. Hey, Dylan, have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. And by, I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him. But then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus. Separately. I, I don't I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a Old taste. Snickers bar hummus Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate and subscribe on iTunes or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Right now are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers. To give us some fucking money. Open up a can of whoop ass on you, Dylan. Oh. Whoa. Open up a cum of shit cum. No, I don't do that. Uh-oh. Open up a bunch of tits of cum tits. No, not funny. Rude. Violent. Open up some shit of fuck ass. This got real good real fast. We're back, baby. We're back, and we both had heart attacks recently. We're going to talk about The King of the Ring, which was one of my... No one really liked The King of the Ring, but it was one of my favorite pay-per-views they used to do because I like tournaments. I do, too. I like tournaments. Uh, this King of the Ring, I think, is the best of all the King of the Rings. It's the only time that they put it on a heel properly, and he used it like a smarmy son of a bitch, which is, this is when Owen becomes the King of Hearts' Owen Hart. And it's the best, and everyone's happy. Everyone got really sexually excited by all of this. Owen Hart, I think the major problem with Owen Hart was it's so small is that he should have, he was, he looked so much like Brett's little brother that I remember people being like, oh, he's like, I thought he was just playing a character and wasn't actually Brett's little brother. Cause he's so, he was, as a kid, he's so perfect. He's shorter than Brett. He's got that shitty runt face. Um, just like a little screw face. And it's like, I think to be taken seriously as a character coming out of this, he would have just had to shave his head and grow some facial hair because he just looked like a little kid. Yeah. And his whole character was basically like a snotty little kid who would cheat to win. I completely agree about everything about after this, in this moment, this is the best he, like when he's the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, he then, he they add, they bring Anvil Neidhart back in. Cause they're like, can we pay you in crack? And he was like, I thought you already were. Um and he's just heavy and he's just a smarmy shithead. It's he's one of the best heels the WWF ever had because he's just you like I loved hating this guy. Like I loved. I also by the way, everyone saw his point. Especially if you're a kid watching this, where you're like, because I was friends with all the little brothers of the neighborhood, and all of the big brothers were at like. There was one family where the big, like the little brother, I'm, I guarantee doesn't talk to his family anymore because they literally were like, 
Uh, your big brother. I'm not going to use names. Um, the big brother is good. You're bad. You want to know why? Fuck you. He's taller. Like it's like you saw Owen's yeah. point completely, and that's the best heel you can get. If you're like, okay, I see why people are cheering for Brett, but I also see why this guy's a bad guy. Like, yeah, and you. It, those are the best angles where you see the other guy's point of view because Brett, for all his great shit, you can tell, and you always could tell, he's kind of fucking smug. Like, he's exactly like you said. He's the Canadian type of smug where he's not outlandish with it. It's just like, but if it came down to it, I could probably be a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah let me tell you, okay, about Mike Tyson. It's like, he's good at punching, but he's never done it in front of the fucking horseshoe, though. Or just pronounce the guy's name wrong. Like Michael Tyson, yeah, yeah. he's never beaten anyone else at the Calgary Stampede. When's he gone to the Stampede? I'm... Michael Tyson. Hey, let me tell you about uh, Evan Holyfield, bud. If you fucking bit my ear, I'd fucking take you down. I tell you what. Like, it's like always weird details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Can't wrestle. Never would have lasted in the dungeon being emotionally abused by my father. Yeah. And also, we because it's Alberta, too, he also will have an unnecessary dislike for Wayne Gretzky. Like, oh, anyone could be as good as Gretzky, man. Because, you know, he was just, he put cocaine on his skates, though, bud. <laughs> yeah. If he's in Calgary. Oh, yeah. But if you're in Edmonton, baby, you love oh, Wayne Gretzky. If you're in Edmonton, you literally, like, you're like, I I do, I love my wife. If Wayne Gretzky wants me to kill her, she's fucking dead. <laughs> now let's talk about the real greatest angle in the history of professional wrestling. Brian Lee. Yeah, baby. Being the Undertaker junior or senior, Ted DiBiase found a second fucking Undertaker, baby. I didn't realize this, and uh, I did look back at these promos, I completely, I don't know if I just omitted it from my memory or what, but I completely forgot about the fact that Brian Lee had to lip sync Undertaker promos. Yeah, I, I didn't remember any of this. With Mark Calloway pre-recording his own voice. I didn't remember any of this. I thought this was amazing because it was one of the few times Vince McMahon's acknowledged like different era stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like this happened in the Hogan years, but we're going to still reference it because TBSE is back. It was great. It was absolutely great. This is also solidifying the working relationship between Smoky Mountain and the WWE F, who gives a fuck, in that Jim Cornette is now managing the world's champion, but also uh, one of his biggest draws, Brian Lee. How big of a draw was Brian Lee in Smoky Mountain Wrestling? They're, one of the girls that slept with a lot of wrestlers had a tattoo on her thigh that said, Prime Time. Just a little... <laughs> It's also like Brian Lee, whose finishing move was the choke slam, and who fucking fucked up Tommy Dreamer. And the only real way I think you can do a scaffold match, which is scaffold with a bunch of tables, so when they fall off, you have so much shit to break your fall. Very smart, Paul Heyman. Anyway, Brian Lee, he's like a good time fucking biker guy who choke slams people, now playing a character uh, with the Undertaker that is, I am dead, you are dead. Yeah, it's basically what it dead. is is that the Undertaker is like, hey, this is my yard. Uh, this is, uh, excuse me, excuse me. This is my yard, and I would like my twin to be here so we can both drink. Be we can drink beers, but they'll be light beers. And everyone's like, I fucking hate you, Mark. Yeah, because he kept on trying to get Brian Lee in the WWF, and this is how it finally happened. It leads to the Disciples of Apocalypse, DOA, or as I call them, Sons of Racism Anarchy. <laughs> yeah. Sons of, I don't know where you're from, but you're not Prince in my country, Anarchy. This is my yard, and you're not. You're not. You're too tanned to be in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Duh. This is my yard, and in my yard, you wear a sun shirt when you get in the pool because you don't want to get sun heat stroke. 
my yard. <laughs> T-shirts on in the pool because I'm white. This is my yard. yard. I just want to let you all know I didn't vote for Trump. I just wrote in David Duke. My <laughs> I just wrote, I wrote in David Hitler Duke. Yeah, my, yard. my yard. David Duke. <laughs> so apparently people were chanting bullshit um, because... You get people who are five years older than us, and they're still watching wrestling and being like, what the fuck are we watching yeah, still? but we're five years hotter than them, right, Dylan? <laughs> yeah, to Jerry Lawler we are. Yeah. WWE toured Germany in May uh, and attracted three to five, 4,000 people a night. Rabid fans. This is Bret Hart's big sellout. Fuck, and Bret Hart sells said that's forty thousand, and that they took down. They actually paved over all of the uh, very tasteful Holocaust memorials, and they just put, and Bret Hart uh, had sex on territory. Them. Bret Hart had sex on all. <laughs> and of Bret Hart them. fucked Angela Merkel on them. Yeah, and nutted on the flag, and that's Germany's current flag. Yeah, and the, I'm the best though. Like again. Uh, the best there is, the best there. Uh, sorry, Angie. I mean, if, I call her Angie. Th- this is when wrestling gets really fun for us because, again, Vince McMahon. Let's just take a step back. This is the Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's cr- business is in a quiet, slow decline. He is staring down the barrel of a steroid trial. He has to put the belt on Brett because no one's going to accuse him of being on steroids. But he actually likes the attitude and look of the click. But is also aware if I put all my eggs in this basket. We're going to be in real trouble because these guys are not doing the type of drugs that I could be like, a doctor gave it to them. These are doing the type of drugs that kill doctors who move to Hollywood. <laughs> but this should be said. He has the belt. He's putting the belt on Brett, obviously, because Big Daddy, the fuck boy, um, is not on steroids. But his guy waiting in the wings is Diesel, who's tall and... This is the thing he wa- he loves steroid boys. He realizes with Luger isn't over enough that it's worth risking. Essentially, look at your fucking champion right now. He looks like steroids incarnate versus a guy who's like, yeah, well he's tall, but look at him. He's like, yeah, I don't know, he's fucking tall. And then Mabel is uh, one of Diesel's first opponents. He's being prepped um, because Mo is be injured permanently forever because D- Mabel needs to be the new big heel and he's fat and they have Yoko who's fat and they have an undertaker which is uh his yard is being tall it's his yard it's my yard so they don't they've completely eschewed obvious steroid men of course and they have Sparky Plug who um <laughs> is losing races for false starts yeah and Vince hates him again this is the time where I guarantee Vince looked at his roster and cried every night this is the lightest roster other than, like, if you play those, like, 2012 SmackDown games. They're pretty bad, too. Yeah, this is all, like, even currently it's a pretty light roster. Granted, it's a pandemic, and they have Edge, but it's really sad. It's an interesting time. It's a terrible time. Vince is in a tailspin. Vince can also not control it, and you can tell because what's about to happen in the next subsequent years is he starts bringing in outside guys from the NWA, and mm-hmm. in the end, the NWA is the more is the more original wrestling product. Vince McMahon essentially spent his 10 years of promoting wrestling, basically just, he replicated superstar Billy Graham, he executed that really well, he caught it at the right time and used smart promotion, and he rode that wave, and now it's, okay, it's a dip in your business, now you're going to need to adjust, and Vince is not good at adjusting. He also, by the way, 
if you're in a bad place, you don't want to put Bret Hart as your champion because Bret's going to be annoying as fuck to hang out with. Like, I guarantee <laughs> part of the reason why the Montreal screw job happens is Vince is just like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, and I, by the way, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm on Vince's side. Brett, Vince says to Brett, hey, uh, I need to talk to my champion every day. I don't care what you want to talk about. Just call me. And what that is, is you're the face of his company. He is checking mm -hmm. up on you. Are you drunk? Are you high? Are you agitated? How are you feeling? Brett would just go, I just call and not say anything. And it's like, Brett, you fucking loser. This is the guy that's paying you, not, a, not Hogan money, but still mid six figures in the fucking 90s. Like, calm the fuck down and be like, hey, Vince, today I slept with someone who wasn't my wife. Vince will laugh for 45 minutes and then hang up the phone. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> like I weirdly have a lot of sympathy for Vince in this period because there none of the matches are critical successes if they don't involve Bret Hart, but they're fucking trying. And the problem is, is a lot of his tricks don't work. Like um, there's the build up to Brian Lee coming in after Undertaker versus uh, Undertaker for SummerSlam, so they try and bring in Leslie Nielsen. Who, looking back, that was really stupid, but he's going. Who are we selling to right now? It's, we're only basically selling to kids. Kids all love Leslie Nielsen because Lethal Weapon 33rd and a 3rd came out. Let's fucking just do that. And I remember as a kid being like, I like this. I like that Leslie Nielsen's there. Well, explain this then, John. What had happened shortly after that? Before that, sorry. The actual steroid trial happened and everyone got their dicks out. No, 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 no. What happened? Leslie Nielsen. What's Leslie Nielsen starred movie? Who is one of his co-stars in uh, Naked Gun? Oh, uh, Vince McMahon's favorite athlete and husband, O.J. Simpson. Yes. And uh, O.J. Simpson had? Murdered his wife and her friend. Murdered his wife, yes. And then he got Leslie Nielsen all over your kid's product being like, hey, I'm going to solve this crime, but I won't solve the real crime that my friend... Didn't even fucking connect it. That's so fucking funny. Vince can't <laughs> fucking buy a break. We'll get... The star of Forbidden Planet, that'll get some people to watch. Oh, no, his co-star full murdered his wife. We should say this, though. Boring Bret Hart fucking wins the title at WrestleMania 10 because Yokozuna <laughs> falls down so and good. Bret Hart pins him. I call, I call it the, when the Dylan getting into bed. That's how Dylan gets into bed if he's going to fuck his wife. Is he, he puts his full weight on the headboard and then his wife power bombs him down. No, no, I just fall. Literally, he falls down and loses his balance, and then he's unconscious, and everyone makes no sense whatsoever, and they're, everyone <laughs> lifts Brett up on their shoulders like, you did it. Yeah. The fat guy got tired and fell down. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guarantee Vince loves that. <laughs> he shit. Hey, shit. Vince just kept being like, eats too much at a buffet, has a heart attack. That's the finish. What? How are you going to get that over? Well, you're going to keep saying he had too much on the buffet. And then if if uh, if not, I'll get on the mic and say he fell down because he had too much at the buffet. Yeah, just keep yelling. Um, just keep yelling. Uh, buffet, buffet, buffet. I'm fine. <laughs> to me, Jim Ross. You fired me. Just I don't work for you. keep yelling spring rolls and everyone will get it. Yeah. Buffet, buffet. <laughs> we should mention this. Um the one of the better matches for sure um bob backland beats bret hart for the title and then in front of oh fuck it's such a fucking crazy low amount of people at uh madison square garden um diesel pins bob backland in three seconds 
Yes. So what was Hobson's theory when it came to Bob Backlund coming back in and all of this sort of stuff? It was just, it was related to the steroids. Oh, Bob drug. Backlund is like, well, that guy fucking can't be on steroids. Look at this fucking shit. I think it was just all hands on deck as far as getting people that look like fucking someone spilt cottage cheese on a plate. But, um, but what's crazy is is that the all of that had or, like the fucking the steroid trial. We're gonna talk about all about the crimes next week, but the steroid yes. trial had because all- it's not just the steroid trial; it's also making a. Uh, oh yeah, did they kill that jobber or paraplegic? Anyway, it was something not 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 fun. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did what Dylan does to comedy, brutalizes. Killed. It. No. Killed. Hurts. Makes makes worse. Makes worse. Opposite of that is what I do. John, continue. What were you gonna say? Is why are you putting Bob Acklin on at the top? The steroid trial was resolved in the summer. The steroid trial is over by the time Bob Acklin gets the belt, but for some reason it's like we can't just have Diesel win in a long match because Diesel can't do it. So we'll put the belt on Bob Backlund. He'll beat Diesel. And also we'll make sure that only the footage is the grainiest ever. And also I'm- You mean Bob you mean Diesel will beat Bob Backlund? Yeah. Like it's such a weird transition. It doesn't make any sense. It's also why have Bob Backlund win at all if the whole idea is steroid trial related the steroid trial happened in the summer I 100% buy that's the reason it just doesn't make sense to me because it's Vince McMahon logic of like oh this thing's over now I'll solve the problem well why didn't you solve it when it was a problem fuck you well as Brett said he didn't really think that it was he was happy to lose to Backlund because Backlund had done, done such an amazing job getting all this shit over and Bob Backlund created a character that honestly would work in any era. Cause the character is I'm old and fucking nuts. I'm shit. At, and the believability of how he turned it all around was he started using the cross face chicken wing. And he said, the cross face chicken wing is the greatest move in the history of professional wrestling. No one can get out of the cross face chicken wing. Also I'm insane. And he, whenever he put it on, he would let all his shit out and go nuts. He puts Brett in the chicken wing. Um, it's a throw the towel in match. Owen takes the towel from Helen, throws it in, and you have a new champion in Bob Backlund, a guy who said that. And the whole story there is eleven years ago. Um, Arnold Scullin threw in the towel on Backlund. He said he never quit, never gave up against the Iron Sheik. He claims to be the real world's champion. He is the world's champion. It was a great storyline, and it didn't matter that Bob Backlund had never tanned in his life, nor did he ever want to tan, and he was actually fucking insane. And Brett was fine to lose to him because he's like, Bob got that shit over. Clearly... For some reason, what they didn't want to do was Diesel versus Brett and have Brett lose to Diesel. I'm assuming that's because Bret Hart wanted to be in the clique or he had his own group of the Calgary Cowboys. And then we're like, well, we're the Hart Foundation. Why don't we just sell our... We're all hearts. We're all related. He's like, I think Calgary Cowboys is a little bit catchier than the clique. Um, I think you'll find that Vin- uh, Brett's gang was just him and a pack of export A's and a mirror. <laughs> I'm the Calgary Cowboy. I'm the cow. I'm riding on my horse where Stu can't get me. Calgary Cowboy has his own room. 
Calgary Cowboy <laughs> doesn't need to share with Bruce. Calgary Cowboy. Okay. <laughs> it's all just him being like, and I get uh, Bruce's part too because he's not here. That's a cowboy move. Yeah, let me tell you something else about the Calgary Cowboy. No crying on the toilet tonight. Um, <laughs> Calgary Cowboy here. You mean Bret Hart? No. I want to call myself the Calgary Cowboy, please, Dad. No, it, uh, that's my gimmick name, Bret Hart. I changed my name to Calgary Cowboy in the middle 80s <laughs> because Smith Hart kept just stealing my goddamn mail. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to the King of the Ring. Maybe the worst slogan I've ever heard for a WWE pay-per-view. The perfect Father's Day card. This, the, the, well, the, that's, the, that's the new slogan. The original slogan was, come watch this pay-per-view or we'll make you just eat our shit. <laughs> it was really weird. It was really odd that they made that. I was like, why did you make that? The we don't like, we just, Vince fired the ad department and just was like, I'll handle it. And then all the slogans were just, do it or I'm going to give Zahorian your number. Not that yeah. one. Yeah, all the slogans were like, uh, if you really think about it, anything other than water, if you drink it, it's a waste of time. If you really think about it, any ethnic food is actually an affront. Welcome welcome to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Seasoning is for people that want to die early. Welcome to SummerSlam. Yeah, if your shits are, don't resemble just a bunch of bags of rocks, guess what you are? You're a loser. Yeah. It should look like someone melted snow recently. Anyway, thanks for coming to the Royal Rumble. So Diesel beats uh, Bret Hart in 20 minutes. Great match at King of the Ring. I'm sure Bret is pissed about this, but also his resilience during this time must be insane because he won the title two years ago from Flair, and then they tried to put it, and then they were going to put it back on Warrior, and they never did. And then they were going to put it on Luger, and they never did. Like, Bret is the original Daniel Bryan. But honestly, goes over way stronger than Daniel Bryan, it should be said. Because he wins feuds against people. And he has people that he works with where he's like, here's our feud. And Vince... (laughs) And, like, the Owen and Brett feud is so well done. I honestly think Vince McMahon was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever you want with your little thing. I'm going to go destroy evidence actively. What does that mean? Oh, I'm going to kill people that have done steroids. Yeah. Not even in the Federation. I'm just going to go with a blow dart and some poison and see what I can get done <laughs> yeah. tonight. Um, I won't be at... Stop! <laughs> <laughs> well, is that the warlord? Nope, that was his wife. Yeah. Back to the bushes for me! Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as someone's dead. <laughs> Let's head down to the Gold's Gym and burn it to the fucking ground. Yeah, uh, I have the following gold Gyms in California to burn down before I go to sleep. Yeah, go do whatever with Owen at WrestleMania. I don't care. Yeah, Burt yeah. Reynolds will fuck you after the match or how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, we got to get Burt Reynolds booked at WrestleMania, Bruce. Uh, why, Vince? Because I'm going to fucking kill him. He's on roids. Um, Vince, I don't know if you've ever seen Burt Reynolds shirtless. I haven't. I've just been told he's a man. And then he watches two minutes of deliverance and just starts throwing up. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Why has he got donuts between his arms? That should be said as well. We should mention this, that one of the celebrities at WrestleMania 10 was the official representative of the hair club for men. Yeah. We should say that. Absolutely. <laughs> Making it the most, one of the most pathetic WrestleManias, like, so good. Anyway. And that representative, of course... 
Dylan Gott. Now, uh, okay, and uh, escorting Shawn Michaels to the ring is the No Shame Micro Penis Society <laughs> representative. Don't make fun of it. I'll show it to you if you ask, or if you don't. Representative Dylan Gott, by the way. Um, oh, my, I'm uh, actually am the representative for that, but then I have one slightly bigger than them, so I rub it in their face. <laughs> in the band of the blind, the man with one eye is king. I just scream that at yeah, them. you just scream that at them while just putting an eye patch over your cock hole? <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep on fucking doing droplets of fucking roids in my dick to make it bigger, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how that works. Of course, if you inject fucking saline in your cock, you're fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable by that. Oh, that made me very uncomfortable. No, it didn't. It did. Uh, the King of the Ring, by the way, I just want to clarify. Dylan, I think, said that Diesel beat Bret Hart. Bret Hart beat Diesel by disqualification because of Jim the Anvil Nightheart interfering. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yes, it was by DQ. I'm very sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. She doesn't win the Bret wins the title. Bret loses the title to Backlund later in the year. I'm an idiot. Thank I'm you. Sorry. I'm sorry. Pelt me. Beat me. You know what, guys? You know, a new Patreon reward series is we have it's uh, $1 and then just fill a pillowcase with soap and beat me. <laughs> Beat me while I fill my pants with cream. Oh, oh, that one's twelve percent. I have fun sayings like that after I nut from beating me with, <laughs> fragging me with pillowcases filled with soap. Ah, oh. They were gonna make a new Oz, but I kept on improving that I nutted, and they didn't like that. <laughs> you want to know why I'm in this wheelchair? You're not reading for that character because I nutted too hard. <laughs> You're not reading for that character. <laughs> oh, also. Uh, uh, hello, I'm Dylan Gott. I'll be reading for the role of Vern Schillinger. I'm no longer racist. Everyone comes white. Um, no, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are not reading for that. Yeah. I, okay. I'm reading for Tobias Beecher. I got super drunk and hit a kid with my car because I realized my loads only could fill two pint glasses instead of three. That's why I did it. No, Dylan. You are not reading for that character either. <laughs> oh, holy shit. That, what? That fucking, fucking got to me. Pieces of shit would do that to me. I don't know. Uh, I'm drunk. Tatanka, why didn't they ever go all the way to, with Tatanka? I loved Tatanka as a kid. Now I've just gone down to being like, this is probably the last time we get to talk about Tatanka. He joins the Million Dollar Corporation during this time. He is very right-wing on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, 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 um, he joins the Million Dollar Corporation, sells out, and uh, this is pretty much the last we hear of Tatanka. I don't know why. Was he, like, too right-wing for wrestling? Because that's kind of like being... Too strong for a strong man. Yeah, contest. that's like being too naked for porn. It's impossible. <laughs> I mean, there's a you got to keep one sock on, sir. Stop just cutting yourself and pulling back your flesh. I want you to see my bones. Um, oh no, sorry. He's 1996. This is a, this is the crazy thing about Tatanka. 1996, he leaves the WWE. He doesn't reappear in wrestling till 2005 in the WWE. He literally is an independent wrestler for all of those years. I have no, like, WCW gave the Honky Tonk Man and Lanny Poffo deals, but they're like, no, Tatanka. 
Not this time. Tatanka was friends with Lex Luger, and for some reason, Eric Bischoff was like, I don't like this Lex Luger character. I find him to be rude. I think he, it's because he gets to, he gets to sleep with Miss Elizabeth, and she was Eric's girl. <laughs> oh, you think Tatanka fucked Miss Elizabeth? No, I think that, um, uh, Lex Luger fucked Miss Elizabeth, and Eric Bischoff basically just listened to wrestlers in that. If you look at it, basically, the people that get brought in for the NWO are Hogan's friends or uh, Scott and Kevin's friends or weird and Tatanka WCW guys. Luger was Tatanka's friend. Luger or uh, Tatanka was. Oh, yeah. so it was more so that like he had the wrong friends, you think? OK, Bret Hart and one, two, three kid have a crazy good fight. I'm going to call it a fight because it's Bret Hart. and It's real. Damn it's right, me. Dylan. Oh, my. Uh, so Where Bret Hart shows how shows the one two three kid how and where to procure meth, and then teaches him how to do it, and says, "But I would never do this," and then ruins his life. One two three kid, great wrestler. Honestly, they were so much better as the NWO. Like he's so much better once he. Honestly, his career as X Pac and Six proves exactly what I said about Owen Hart, because he he went in, he changed his name. He grew a beard. That's it, by the way. That's all he did was grow a beard and got a new finisher, crossface chicken wing, and voila, you have a fucking shithead character who's like having a great feud with Ric Flair versus uh, Owen Hart, who I guess Stu was like, no facial hair in the family or something. <laughs> you didn't get any facial hair. Here's the thing that I want to point out about um, what's interesting about Xbox return to the WWF is for some reason they're like, your gimmick is you talk about weed. Yeah, because he loves weed. Yeah, but the, it was the weird, it was the most, adi- he was one of the more attitude-era-y wrestlers in that it was like, talk about weird, talk about weed now. Yeah, well, I mean, so did the Godfather. Yeah, but Godfather no, but Godfather didn't. They weren't selling T-shirts that said "Your ass is grass and I'm a, I'm gonna mow it." And then he went like this, mow it. Yeah, he literally for a while they tried to get over that big catchphrase wasn't. I got two words for you. Yeah. Suck it. It was your ass is a lot. Your ass is a lot, and I'm a lawnmower. Your ass is grass, and I'm a lawnmower. And then we go as he was like, wait, like weed grass. I found the shirt online that says your ass is grass and I'm going to smoke you and it's $65. It just has a picture of X-Pac with that on the back. I'll gladly pay 100 to wear that to someone's wedding. Check it out. It means I'm going to kick your ass, but it's also about weed and this guy's X-Pac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this guy's yeah. pornos. Just so explain the back of the shirt. That's very obvious. Because like, it's like weed, like fucking weed. And also, I'm going to kick the shit out of you at your wedding. Yeah. I want to let you know that this guy, I only wear t-shirts of people that have not have, that have done porn, but are not porn stars. <laughs> yeah, I only wear sex tape shirts. Anyway, here's my Ray J albums if you want to listen to those. Yeah, I just want to let you know that I, uh, I, uh, I, my favorite. You pound out oh. chicks. Yeah, exactly. I'm here. I'm here to do two things at your wedding: fuck your bride and smoke weed. So hot, it's scary. Mm. That was the 1994 D- Domino's Delivers SummerSlam. So hot, it's scary. It was two Undertakers on the cover. Actually, I like the color scheme here quite a bit. Yeah, Dylan. Wo- the poster is kind of nice. Dylan Wood. Dylan likes colors. Are you serious? I do love you colors. Love orange. You love green. Not me. I like an. I like. 
tones. I want all po- put on my uh, put it on my tombstone. I like colors. I, I'm a colory guy. I just want all posters to be noises. This is the SummerSlam poster I wanted to hear. Okay, there you go. Rest in peace. That's what I want. Okay, so it's kind of like a cat. A cat. It's like no, a cat it was a fire. And then rest in peace. It was a fire. Oh, it's that was hot. That was fire. Okay. It's a hot. It's a hot summer. And so it's fire. And then it's just a guy. It's a hot summer full of hot guys. Of course. Why wouldn't you have hot guys if you're gonna have a hot summer? You want to <laughs> listen. I've said it before and I've said it again. If you're gonna be shirtless, at least do me a favor of working out first. If you're shirtless, suck me off. That's my. <laughs> of course. It's that's my presidential slogan. It's not my presidential slogan. That's my life philosophy. SummerSlam 1994. Alunder Blaze is revolutionizing the women's division. They have three people now. Bull Nakano and Luna Vachon I mean, are teaming up. Do you understand that not since the 60s has there been three female wrestlers? <laughs> Who are uh, Bull Nakano is, and Lunder Blaze have great matches. Luna Vachon obviously should be her own wrestler. I think they missed a fucking great opportunity to not break up Luna and Bam Bam and just have Bam Bam as her manager for these matches. Um, I don't think they use that enough. James Ellsworth was fucking great, and they just still don't do that. They still don't have a male manager's for female wrestlers. But whatever. Razor Ramon beats Diesel. Um, a great match, man. Like, you can totally see why fucking Vince was so into Diesel. It's like, this guy is great. He's got a unique look. He bu- And he bumps well. He's like a seven-footer that can make himself actually a character beyond being seven feet tall, which is not usually a thing. Vince is also... This is an interesting thing. Of the, as they move into the Royal Rumble, because they do the rematch against Brett at the Royal Rumble set, and they set up the LT angle... The thing is, is that Vince is still not like there's so many inter- so much interference in that match. It's still not necessarily a decisive. He's getting and very overbooky, and you can tell it's from a lack of confidence. In that it's basically like he's had this whole year of stress. Triple H and a bunch of people are paralyzing various job guys. He's lying to the federal government and killing people so that he doesn't go to jail for steroids. He hires Bill Watts and then tries to kill Bill Watts. He hires Triple H isn't in the company yet. I'm just, just to, I'm just making yeah. shit up. But I'm Triple just, H is Triple H is not working for the WWF, but just just because he heard they might have steroids, he's paralyzing people. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, they might have steroids. I better show him how strong I am. Paralyzed, 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 paralyzed. Uh, by the back half of '94, Hogan is in. WCW like that's got to pinch this off so much and you can see the difference two years makes is that the the way the product is presented the way that the matches are happening is that it's it's exactly what's happening now which is there's one guy who's so filled with anxiety and failure he's checking his he's making his list and checking it five million times which doesn't leave room for organic interesting matches to start taking place and you look no further than how Royal Rumble 19 94 f- fires off which i know or 95 of just with that brett diesel match the way diesel is presented all that sort of stuff yeah and this is really tips his hat as to how vince views everything is that um brett hart beats owen in a cage match in over 30 minutes and still the final match of the card is the undertaker versus the undertaker of course because in the end the hogan in vince's head i guarantee he's like that's better because that's the crazy thing. If you look at the posters, look at the uh, posters for every single pay-per-view in 1994. And other, like, WrestleMania 10 is just the Roman numeral. King of the Ring is just a, uh, is just a king 
uh, playing card, and the other two have the Undertaker on them. Because in the end, Undertaker is connected to Hogan. We still need to go back to that era. Like it's and he's the most impressive wrestler they have. No, I am. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So it's on the back of the Bob Backlund push. He is turned heel, and he is fucking fucking shit up, baby. This is where Bob Backlund um, beats Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Owen throws the fucking towel in. I fuck everybody in the world. D- Dylan has that towel. It is now so soaked in gum you can use it as a chair. And <laughs> <laughs> this is a really jizzy episode. Have you noticed that we've really? Oh, we got ourselves into some sticky situations <laughs> in this episode. I know what I was doing there, and I liked it. You should. It, this should be explained as well at this Survivor Series. This is how far that Lex Luger has fallen is that he loses a Survivor Series match to the Million Dollar Team. Yeah, of course. You, lo- you lose. Bam Bam Bigelow and King Kong Bundy survive. Of course they do. Because Vince- He gets Vince- pinned it- by old-ass King Kong Bundy. He his head, he's like, well, what if the New York Times shows up and photographs the winners? We can't have Lex being on the cover of the New York Times, and then everyone just goes into a bathroom and cries? Because they're like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening to the guy? This is the other thing. Apparently, there was a there was a big boost, not a big boost, but somewhat of a boost. The buy rate was up two hundred. It was two hundred fifty four thousand, up from one hundred eighty thousand the previous year. The boost was honestly attributed to Chuck Norris. Of course, it was. He's Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger. He's friends with Trevette. Say what you will, Chuck Norris. That's a celebrity that makes sense for wrestling. Absolutely, he's, he's gonna move he's the a, fucking an action boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He likes to kick. The Undertaker, of course, defeats Yokozuna in a casket match. Chuck Norris is like, uh, this zombie is being protected by me. Here's a karate kick. Yeah, that zombie is on the side of Jesus because Jesus was a zombie. Let me protect him with my karate kicks. That being said, 1994 is still, still such a great year for Bret Hart matches. I apologize that you guys are probably like, but what about Jeff Jarrett's in the fucking Federation? Why are you talking about that? Shut the fuck up if you think that that's important. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do you think Vince McMahon honestly cared about Jeff no, Jarrett? No, he didn't know he, he was, was just there. like, oh, Jarrett's coming in to maybe run this. I better hire his loser son who's going to be like, I just took all the sugar packets because I don't think you guys need the extra calories. Uh, hi, everyone. It's me, Jeff Jarrett. I just want to let you know if your wife comes backstage, <laughs> I will marry her within the year. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett took all the sugar packets backstage and tried to resell them back to the wrestlers. Yeah. That'll be $1, Brett. What do you mean I... Sugar packets are free. No, not anymore. Not since Daddy took over. Nah. Now that'll be one dollar if you want a sweet, sweet kiss of this evil sugar. Anyway, do you have any wives I could talk to? Hey, uh, Brent, I know that you treat your wife like most people treat toilet paper. I was wondering if I could <laughs> marry her and fuck her. Uh. <laughs> marry her first, though. I am a southern gentleman. Yeah. Anyway, Daddy told me that shoelaces should cost $6 for a fucking lace. Here's the thing to remember about me, Jeff Jarrett. I am history's greatest monster after Mean Gene. I'm his protege. <laughs> Did you know what Jeff Jarrett's original uh, original catchphrase was? Um, uh, even if you lock your doors, I still find a way in. <laughs> yeah, well, he went and he was like, you know, J E double F double R E double T was actually that was Vince. My original catchphrase was, if we weren't supposed to fuck dogs, they wouldn't be on all fours already. Yeah. Like that. 
That's what I wanted it Vance, to be. Vance, Vance, so here's the song. It's just a, a vivid description of everyone's internal, the internal mechanism of your locks, letting them know they're always at risk. <laughs> it's a long song describing your wife sleeping, and I just do it to each opponent. Hey, Charles Wright, you don't know what you hear. Rustling in your attic, it's me. I've got a three-camera setup. I only turn it on when your wife is shitting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was thinking more of a Chuck Berry-style rock and roll singer. Yeah, Chuck Berry minus the music plus his fun restaurant activities. Ooh, how about this? If a girl pisses, can I have a tape of it? Is that a song you'd like? Yeah. How about this? I get to watch women shit. I don't want to be a wrestler. <laughs> the, the character. <laughs> how about this? No wrestling. <laughs> I give you a tape of your daughter shitting. No, no, no. Uh, ha, ha. All right. Hey, Bruce Pritchard, it's me, Jeff Jarrett. I just want to let you know, I'm at a truck stop, and these truckers are so stupid. The, <laughs> the plumbing. You know what? Oh, there you go. No, keep going. <laughs> the plumbing just goes right to my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Germany is booming. I'm sure. With people like Jeff Jarrett on board, I'm sure they are. 6,000 people in Nuremberg <laughs> oh, and no. 10,000 in Berlin. Yeah. The only reason they went to Nuremberg, by the way, is because Vince wanted to lay a wreath on the graves of all those people persecuted in that trial is how he felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, wanted, they were just trying to take Jerry Lawler there to see if justice would once again rise. Yeah, but it I, I just, just to be clear, I'm saying Vince McMahon was on the side of the Nazis. Oh, yeah, see, <laughs> just to be clear. So, how long does Bob Backlund have the title? Four days. 18 days. Four to 18. Three days. Shit. He loses it in front of 7,000 people at Madison Square Garden. That's a lot of empty fucking seats, my friend. Diesel kicks him in the stomach, power bombs him. Yeah, he does. That's it. That's the whole match. And then he runs around like an idiot. Um... And uh, that's it. That's the. This is the start of Diesel, the champion, who is also a truck. Like he also makes references that he is a truck. There's a lot of that. Couple in there. of things. Yeah, Diesel power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Big Daddy, cool. Couple of things I just want to talk about before we finish. When Diesel is given the belt, how long does Vince say he will reign for? Uh, a thousand year reign. Two Once years. Again, Nazi thing. Two years, he thinks. And also, what is the big program they're building towards? Diesel versus. Uh, the second fake Undertaker. I mean, you're very close. It's Diesel versus Mike Tyson in Central Park. Oh, sweet. Just like no audience, just fucking get it done. Exactly correct. <laughs> just just unceremoniously being knocked out by Mike Tyson. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just me and Mike Tyson in the middle of the night. We have a match. Vince doesn't film it, but he's there, and he likes it. <sighs> we should end on this. They, of course, sign Ronda Don Harris. Luna Vachon gets fired, and more so, we gotta we gotta announce this. Go ahead. They assign the roadie to be a manager in, of Jeff Jarrett, making him and Jeff Jarrett the worst team <laughs> of all time. Yeah, the worst ring attire ever in the history of wrestling is it worn by those two fucking losers, ladies and gentlemen. We will be, we will be talking about the crimes of 1994 next week. Yes, Dylan. Before I interrupted you, what were you gonna say? 
The I'm excited to talk. We're, I mean, I, I, the crimes is whatever. We have to do it. I mean, it is the most stuff about Vince McMahon. The stuff we've learned about Vince McMahon this episode, I suppose, is he just didn't pay enough attention to wrestling in 1994. He's grasping at straws. He obviously does not, does not have the roster to be able to take the punches of losing all of his stars. He's having trouble creating any new stars in 1995. He has all of his bearings uh, about him, and uh, it only gets worse because that roadie, the roadie leaving Double J, and it turns out that the roadie actually sang the fucking song, is the dumbest, worst angle in wrestling history. And we get to talk about it in two weeks. But next week, we're going to be talking about, oh God, so many more crimes in 1994. What a fucking great time. John, any comments on Vince McMahon? We're not going to say best and worst because... It was all pretty shitty. What was uh? What any comments on Vince McMahon's year of 1994 from the wrestling aspect? I should say. Let's say the Owen Brett angle. Everything is fantastic, and then everything else is the worst. I think that he was pissed that the Owen Brett angle couldn't be his intercontinental angle because that's what he would have wanted. I think he wanted that to be Bret Hart being a three years that Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart being a three-year champion um, would have been great for him as the Intercontinental Champion, but forcing his hand to be the world champion is something that Vince definitely didn't want. And honestly, the numbers bear it out. As much as everyone, I mean everyone, as much as us big nerds love Bret Hart, he was a bad drawing champion, but a great champion but as he, far he as draw, huge fucking dorks go. As much as Diesel, which we will talk about in 19... 19- if you guys want to join us on Patreon, a Patreon is uh that's patreon.com backslash wrestler review, Twitter and Instagram at wrestler review. We do Instagram lives every Tuesday and Thursday. We have a poll we put up on Twitter and you pick the fucking topic and then we shit some dicks out of our fucking ass. We'll be talking about Fit Finley on the Patreon feed for our official beautiful horny Patreon subscribers. Thanks very much for listening. And if you guys don't want to do any of that bullshit, just tell some friends about how much you like the show and then preface it with they're both perverts and it's about wrestling and if you can get past that it's pretty fun thanks very much for listening guys bye bye